Good morning. Try that again. <clears throat> Good morning. Wow, it's so wonderful to have you all here. I'm glad you made it safely on this very strange, sleety morning. As you may have noticed, the, uh, the room has changed a little bit. We, we moved from our every other seating, uh, I mean, from our every three uh, pews down to two pews. And do ask that you kind of watch when you sit. They've, we put a note on the end of each pew that we're asking people to skip every other still. Announcements for this week. Tuesday, uh, we will be continuing our Bible study at 7 o'clock on the first letter to the Corinthians. We'll be in the second chapter. This Wednesday night is commission and committee executive committee meeting at 7 and 7.40 here in the church. Looking down through. Um, we have gotten a packet. It is, it is getting close to summertime. Our church does not currently have a camp representative. If you feel led or called to that, I invite you to give me a call or let Becky know at the office. We have pamphlets and books and whatnot uh, to help you in that process. If you know a young person or are a young person and are interested in going to camp, you can also talk to me. I love camp. As many of you know, that was basically my life for 18 years. Um, so I highly recommend it. Uh, but they will be having in-person camping this year at Inspiration Hills. The Herald came in today. It's in the back. I actually saw it come in with our, our favorite district executive, Chris, who's joining us with, for worship today. So you can check that out in the back. Are there any other announcements? I will invite you as we go into May on the last page of the insert. Uh, there is a bunch of important dates coming up as we're getting close to Memorial Day. Uh, the flags will be put out on the 9th. There's a young adult gathering on the 15th. Softball begins on the 16th. There's a moderator's town hall on the 19th. It's just one thing after the other that coming up. It's a busy month as we are getting ready for summer. If there are no other announcements, what do you wish to raise up with the group to pray about today? Bernita, wonderful. So continued prayers for Brian, but joy that he is, he is getting better. He is able to go up and down stairs without stopping in continuing therapy at home. It's good to know he is just progressing back towards being more independent and, and being himself. I'll give her a call after worship. We'll see what we can work out. <laughs> yes, it has been a weird morning, and I, I'm thankful everyone who's here is safely here, and I pray for those who are out on the roads today. Though it looks like it's raining now, so hopefully everyone whose cars have been out in the sleet will be nicely melted off by the end of worship. Because so I think I took my scraper out of the car. <laughs> Are there any other joys or, or things you wish to raise today? Wonderful. Yes. Carrie's mom, Sandy, is back at home. She's on oxygen and will need 
to continue to kind of check in and work on things, but it's so nice that she is out of the hospital and back home. Well, if you will join me in the call to worship, it's out of the hymnal, but it is also, I saw that Becky put it into the bulletin today. If you wanted to read it out of the hymnal, it's 825. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. When they... Happy are those whose help is God of Jacob, whose hope is the Lord their God. who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord will reign forever, your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord.
if you'll pray with me. Gracious creator, parent of all, we thank you for this time where we can gather and worship. We thank you. As we gather here on this day that we celebrate moms, our mothers, those who raised us, those who we have found in our lives, who stood by us, who cared for us, who taught us, who showed us how to live by example and by love. Gracious one, as we gather in this time, as we look outside and see rain and sleet, we thank you. We thank you for a safe, warm space. We ask that you remind us daily of how lucky we are to find a space like this, to find a space as we have many times in our families, in the arms of loved ones. Lord, we lift up some of our brothers and sisters for those whose bodies are healing, for those who are mourning loss, for those who are celebrating change and change to come. We lift up especially today Sandy. We thank you that she is home and pray that her body will continue to heal. We thank you for Brian as he continues to get better. Holy one, holy three, hold us up as we celebrate today, as we remember today, and as we mourn. In the name of the one who is and was and is to come, amen.
that's beautiful and true. Oh, may his light fill all you are, and the jewel of wisdom crown your heart. This is my prayer for you. Hold my hand, I'll teach you the way to go, through the joys, through the tears, the journey of these years, he is with us till the end, he is faithful till the Today's reading comes from Acts 10, 44 through 48. This is while Peter is visiting Cornelius the centurion. Now while Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited him to stay for several days. Blessed is the word. If you take a group of young elementary students, you know, we're talking like first grade through about fourth or so, and younger, of course, 
and you ask them, who here can draw? All their hands will shoot up. Who can sing? Who can run? Who can play baseball? They can do anything. But somewhere along the line, as they get to about fifth, sixth grade or something, you start asking that question, you start getting this, this, or nothing. Somewhere in there, they lose the confidence that they can do those things. But the truth is, unless there's some physical reason they can't, every one of them can sing, every one of them can dance and draw and play baseball and run. But they lose that assurity. I think that's one of the reasons why in my sixth grade year, they allowed the band people to begin band back in fourth grade instead of fifth. They moved it back a year, and sure enough, we started getting more people because more people were sure of themselves that they could play an instrument. But I started in fifth grade. It didn't really matter. I still felt like I could do it. And I promise you, this isn't a ventriloquist dummy, so no worries. But I became assured of myself that I could play. And I got my aunt's old practice horn from her, and I picked up the trumpet. Now, if you've ever had a young person in your life, or was a young person at one time who played an instrument and had to go to an elementary band concert, I'm sorry. <laughs> Who I really felt bad for were the teachers, though. Because my school, as you know, was very small. Our one band teacher did everything from 12th grade to, well, eventually fourth graders. And so he came over in between the band sessions at the high school to come teach the elementary students. And our room was small, just large enough for a desk, three chairs, and two music stands. And we were right next to the teacher's lounge. I apologize even more so to all the elementary teachers who have ever had to sit on their breaks and listen to us play. I mean, for some, it was fine. You know, the percussionists, they practice on, on drum pads, which are basically hard plastic pads with this cushioned head on top so that it feels like you're drumming on an actual drum, but it's, you know, it's like this. Not bad. I was a brass player, so they had to listen to me try to learn trumpet, which is loud and annoying, and I'm sure out of pitch a lot. And I would blat. If you've ever played a brass instrument, blatting is the first thing you learn not to do. Whenever you play an instrument, the way you make sound, even the way my voice is working right now, is I'm vibrating the air. You hit a drum, you vibrate the head, which vibrates the reverberation chamber underneath, and that's what makes the sound. The piano works by a little hammer hitting strings and making them vibrate. With a brass instrument, you vibrate your lips, and you do it into a mouthpiece. Very loud. But it takes strength and training. You know, if you, you put too much air through or you don't have your lips tight enough, you know, you want to go, but you go, you make loud, uncomfortable noises. I say this knowing I have a mom in here right now who has a young person learning trumpet and has probably heard this. So a trumpet should sound like, oh, 
a blat is ah. It's not pleasant. You can use it in jazz once in a while. But yeah. So I learned to play trumpet, which I'm not going to do right now. It's my prop. Of course, it was worse for my brothers because they played saxophones. And as we all know, woodwinds are a lower form of instruments than brass. You all know this is true. <laughs> anyway, so a woodwind operates by taking a thin slice of wood called a reed, and you vibrate that against a mouthpiece. That's how clarinets and saxophones work. Uh, double reeds like oboes, bassoons, that's two pieces of reed that are vibrating like that. The thing with them is, you know, not only do you have them learning to control volume and the fact that they've got way too many fingers trying to do different things, the reeds tend to squeak if you don't have the right mouth control, the right embouchure. And so I'm sure those poor elementary teachers had to listen to, <laughs> It sounded like a flock of geese in the next room getting stomped on. But still, every year when we had our elementary band concerts, we had teachers come and all of our parents. We didn't sound good. I have no, I, I, I know that to be true. We did not sound good. But they were always there to support us, to listen. Because despite all the honks and the squeaks and the drummers hitting off the wrong time and the brass overplaying, and it was the beginning of music for each of us as we were slowly transforming from people who played instruments to people who made music. It was a journey. And we got better. I mean, I played my horn a lot. So, I mean, I went on to junior high. I joined the marching band. I played in the junior high band, the county's band, senior high concert, jazz band, percussion ensemble, regionals, districts, and honors band. During the summer, I'd be in community band with my parents. During the winter, we'd all get up, go out one night, and drive down to Wayne Geyer's house where a whole bunch of instrument players from all over our Church of the Brethren district would gather to go play Christmas carols in the cove, an area where there are so many Brethren churches you could stand on the porch of one and count two or three off in the distance. If that's saying something for PA, because you usually can't see it that far. It was my life. It was how I identified myself in high school. I was the instrumentalist. I also sang, I was in drama club. I was the stage director. I was always doing stuff on that stage. But mainly it was my trumpet. I was voted most musical in my class. To be fair, they voted a guy and a girl for each position and I am the only guy who was in the band from my class. <laughs> I think I had that one in the bag. <laughs> But then I went to college, and things changed because I was not a music major. I loved playing trumpet, but it wasn't the love of my life. It wasn't the kind of thing I wanted to do with my life. Instead, 
I was interested in religion. And I did all these things with religious clubs, with the chaplain's office, in classes. I also met friends, and I wanted to spend more time with them. And if you have ever met a music major who is in college, you probably said hi to them and then bye as they left because they had no time for you. I mean, the music education and the music therapy majors had to learn to play basically every instrument. And those who specialized in some instrument like a trumpet or singing or a percussionist, they would go and practice in all the free time they could find. Because them staying in the program and them getting scholarships depended on them being better than they were at the beginning of the year and being at least at such a level. So their lives were the practice rooms. And I didn't want that. I just wanted to play my horn and enjoy it when I did, but I didn't want it to be work. And so I stopped doing jazz band after only a semester. I, I was in choir. That took less work. But that, too, I dropped because it was a choice between chaplain's office work and the choir, and I chose the chaplain's office. The only thing I stuck in all the years were the percussion ensemble because most of the percussionists were really good and they could play, you know, marimbas and snares and xylophones and all the complex instruments. They needed somebody to handle the timpanis and the bass drum and all the toys. So basically, you know, someone who's just good enough to read the music, and I fit that perfectly. I do like playing timpanis, they're fun. Anyway. And then I moved out of college, and my drums got less and less work. Played a little bit in seminary, but that was it. But my trumpet, that which my life centered around for a good nine years, pretty much lived in my closet. Once a year, maybe two or three years, I'd pull it out and, and play around on it for three weeks or so. But I was embarrassed because I started comparing myself. Just like those young kids as they move into fifth and sixth grade and they compare themselves to kids who are better and therefore they can't do it, I started comparing myself to 18-year-old Andrew because 18-year-old Andrew was a pretty good player. I mean, I wasn't the best, but I made it to regions on my horn. And I really enjoyed it. It's the way it is. When you stop practicing a skill or engaging in some activity, you start to lose your ability to do it. It never fully goes away. Like, I can still remember my fight song, you know, because we, on a good year, we played that a lot because we made lots of touchdowns then. But, you know, ba 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 da 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 It's still on there. It's in my fingers still. But I've lost my embouchure. I no longer have the strength in my lips to hit the high notes consistently. And it sounds airy because my seal is no longer as good. We humans are either always growing or diminishing. It's the way our existence works. If you want to maintain something, you have to work at it. And if you don't work to maintain it, it disappears. And as things disappear, our relationships with things disappear. It's just like relationships with our loved ones or our friends. 
they take a lot of work. I mean, I made sure, Lauren, that I spent extra time this last two weeks or so to get you a present for Mother's Day. Because <laughs> I'm bad at remembering that kind of thing, and if I don't put the effort in to remember to do that, I will forget. The same goes with our relationship with God. It takes work. God may always be reaching out to us, but we aren't always reaching back out to God. It's one of the reasons we come to church, to renew our relationship, to take time to stop and contemplate our spirits and our spiritual lives. And if we don't take that time, the relationship suffers. But even when we take that time, relationships change. I remember tiny little five, six-year-old Andrew, and it would come up to, to some celebration or whatnot. And, you know, I would run up with all the other kids right up the aisle, and I would stand on the, the steps, and we'd sing loudly and out of pitch. You know, start low enough this time. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. That was our relationship with Jesus. When you're little, your relationship with Jesus is like your relationship with mom and dad, with God. God is the great giant dad. God is the great giant mom in the sky who watches over us, who loves us unconditionally, who makes sure that we have clothes, who makes sure that we have food. That's, that's how we think of mom and dad. And God's just like that, but more but our relationship changes as we get older with God. Because as you move over into your teenage years, your parents are still important, but what really matters are your relationships with your friends and those who are slightly older than you. You know, like my friend Aaron, who played the trumpet, too. He was a couple years older than me, and I really looked up to him. He was so cool. He was always better than me. At least that's how I always viewed it. I have no idea you know, if I was as good as he was in my last year or not. Who knows? But I always looked up to him. He was cool. He was awesome. I wanted to be like him. So is our relationship with God, with Jesus. I mean, how many youth and young adults do you know that they really focus on Jesus and how cool Jesus or the life that you're called to? You know, we said singing Jesus loves when we sing songs like, my God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with room. And I can't remember the words. It's been so long. <laughs> My God is an awesome God. I should have cracked the book open on that one. Because our relationship switches to that, looking up to and following and wanting to be like, because we're at an age where Everything is a possibility. We're just stepping into the world and we want to be the biggest and the best and the most of us. And so we look up to Jesus who is the perfection of humanity and want to be like that. 
But then we move on into middle age and older. And our relationship again changes. And instead of being the God we look up to, who's the great parent, or the God we want to follow because it's the great example, it's the God who walks with us in our everyday world, who supports us. We've gone from God the creator, God the father, to God the son, God the redeemer, to God the Holy Spirit, the sustainer, the one who walks with us, the counselor, the friend, the one who we have to lean on in the hard times. And our, in many ways, our music changes. We get down to here and we go, Amazing grace, how sweet the song. And we start the break and cry because we need that God. We need that sustainer who walks. there's something that happens over here. Something that happens here that we don't really think about until we look back. You know, that's the way relationships can be sometimes. We get so focused on where we are now that we forget to look back and see how the relationship has been. Lord, I promise I'm not doing this to you because you're here today. This was part of my plan a while ago. So. But I, I met Lauren... 16 years ago, 17 years ago, <laughs> almost 17, it'll be 17 this September, because I know next year in September, we will have been together for 18 years, and we met when we were 18, so therefore, next year, September, we will have been together for half of our lives. That's a while, babe. <laughs> but... You know, part of me will always look back and see that 18-year-old girl that I bumped into at Elizabethtown College and fell in love with. But at the same time, my relationship with her has changed over the years. We have learned to live together. We've gotten married. We've had fur babies and two dogs who caused a lot of fighting in the beginning <laughs> for dumb things. And then we've had a child. And we have another one on the way. And it will change again. I look at her, and in many ways, she's almost just an extension of me. I mean, yes, she's a separate person. She's a different person. But it's just part of our lives. We've always been together, at least for 17 years. And so that's just what it is. But sometimes, I watch her play with Gracie or do something with her. And I realize that she's a lot more than what I usually see. I mean this in the kindest way. <laughs> but I watch her play with her, and I realize she's an awesome mom, which is just not my experience with her. Because she's my wife. She's my spouse. She's the love of my life. But then I get to see this other image of her. The image that Gracie is going to have, and the image that baby sister is going to have of her, is different. And I have to reassess my relationship with her and reassess how I imagine her. You know, I've gone through the same thing with my parents. Moving from being a young child to being an adult requires you to look back at your parents and reassess who they are as you start to see them as more human. It's weird to say. 
But at a certain level, when you're little, you look at your parents. And just like you look at God and see God as the ultimate parent, you look at your parents and see that they're a little more like God than they probably are. <laughs> Not to say that they aren't wonderful. Because my mom and dad are wonderful. But I've also gotten to the point where I can go back and I can see the incredible steel in my mom's soul that has gotten through, through a lot. You know, it's not easy to be an executive director and a minister as a woman in a district that wasn't always accepting of that at first. So it is with God. I've reached this point where I lean on God for everything. But I realize looking back, I haven't always done the best job in these last years of praising God. I just want to go to God when I need something. God, I've got to talk to you about X. God, I, I was just saw this story on the news and it's hurting my soul. God, I just heard some news and I need you to listen to me. Slowly, I have moved away from my ability to say, Jesus loves me, this I know, or to say, my God is an awesome God. I've lost that to a certain extent because I haven't practiced it. Those skills have atrophied, just like they did with my trumpet. It's about picking it back up, though. Because the thing is, is, God's the same as God here and God here, just like my, my beautiful wife is the same person she was 5, 10, 15, oh my Lord, I can go up to 15 now, 15 plus years ago. I mean, she's different, but she's also the same person. And I need to be able to appreciate how she has been through all those years with me. And I need to learn how to appreciate God as God has gone through me, with me. And to learn to say praises again. To recognize the good things in the world. To recognize the rain that makes the grass grow, despite the fact that I have a huge puddle in my backyard. Because you know what? That puddle is fun. I like to go jump in it. Gracie likes to go jump in it. <laughs> to recognize all the great things, to be able to go outside and say, this is the day the Lord has made, to say, thank you, God, that I get to be with this person. Thank you that this person is my friend. Thank you. Thank you that I was able to drive here safely, but not just things that thank you for me, but also, God, thank you for being you. So many of the Psalms, so many of the ancient writings are just praising God for being God. I named it Louis. I was really obsessed with Louis Armstrong when I got it. Louis's a little banged up. I dropped it right here. You can't see it from there, but there's a whole series of dents that had to be banged out. The tuning valve no longer pulls out. I need to get that fixed. But the valves still work. My first and third string, or first and third valves still work. 
but I'm still embarrassed by it. I'm not the player I was in 12th grade. I may be the player I was in 7th grade. A little more technical knowledge, but none of this. But I'm never going to get better at playing my trumpet by leaving it in the box. Just like I'll never get better in my relationship with God if I don't go back and examine the ways I used to have that relationship and expand on what I currently have. Still weak, but still. Okay. Praise, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. In you I will find the source of all my joy. Alleluia. I guess with a little practice, I can still enjoy. And if it doesn't sound as good as I was back when I was 18, that's okay because it puts a smile on my face when I play it. I guess I'll keep practicing. Thank you. I know it's raining, and it may not be the day you want to go run out <laughs> inside. 
but go out praising God. Go out working on your relationship with God. Consider how God has walked with you for your many years. Consider how God will walk with you for many years to come. She'll go out with joy. The trees will clap their hands. Go out with joy. Clap your hands if you want. Happy Mother's Day. Thank mm-hmm. you.